Happy Thursday to each of you and welcome to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. We are five weeks away from the 2022 NBA draft. And while we certainly would love to still be talking about the Grizzlies playing basketball, the future is in full focus. How the NBA draft lottery actually impacts the Grizzlies and a few thoughts on the draft as we start Draft Thought Thursdays leading up to the 2022 NBA draft. DeMichael Cole's back with me. Sean here as well. Let's get going here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. You are Locked on Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. So I'm going to make a claim here that I don't actually believe in and I'll never admit in public is true, but it's a bit more fun when DeMichael is back with me. Welcome to the Locked Over Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. His name is DeMichael Cole. Great show yesterday talking about Zaire Williams breaking out, which we all hope he certainly will. I'm so glad that I was able to give my thoughts. Sean, I, I, I felt like just having you out of the way, just, you know, interrupting me for for 20 minutes with your long tangents. Anywho, so wait, welcome to the Locked Dog Grizzlies podcast. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be with you once again. DeMichael, did you have any more thoughts? His name is DeMichael Cole from the Commercial Appeal. You can find him at DeMichael C. My name is Sean Cole and find me at Stats SAC. DeMichael, we're in the conference finals. A few fun games so far, but all joking aside, how excited are you? I know we wish the Grizzlies were still playing, but we've got the conference finals going on. We've got the draft lottery that's occurred earlier this week, and we've got the draft combine going on as well. Pretty exciting time when it comes to basketball. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty decent, I'd say. You know, you get Steph Curry versus Luka Doncic. That's pretty good. Uh, you get Jimmy Butler versus Jason, Jason Tatum, round two, you know. They said they were the bubble frauds, but they're both proven now. You know, there's, there's nothing fake about what they what they did in the bubble. So it's a pretty good, exciting time. But, yeah, you mentioned what the Grizzlies fans are looking for uh, to the most is right now, these NBA draft combine workouts and potential players who could be Grizzlies because they have three. Three picks, Sean. We don't know if they'll keep them, but they have three. Absolutely. And the other thing that stands out to me, to Michael, is that, you know, listen, it's a wonderful feeling not to have to be putting your hopes and dreams up to lottery balls on the right way. It did so for the Grizzlies three years ago. We're never going to forget it. It changed the trajectory of this franchise, obviously, for the better with where we are today. But it also is still exciting to see, you know, fan bases that you know are, are wanting that same result, wanting the same result we've experienced is Grizzlies fans. They're wanting that for their own franchises. Even though the Grizzlies aren't involved, and that's the way you would prefer it, it's still pretty exciting to see the draft lottery going on, especially where you see some of the best talents that could be future faces of the NBA, where they can land. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's always the case. You know, just at the end of the day, a lot of players are about to get their lives changed. You know, they get these opportunities, and then there are these players that, you know, if you're an NBA fan and you're a college basketball fan too, the draft's even more exciting because you have personal favorites. Uh, I know some people, you, you know, you, you get, you like European basketball, like EuroLeague basketball, like myself, I had a head start on, on a guy named Luka Doncic, you know, when he was uh, one of the best players over there. 
So you, you think about things like that, Sean. You know, being a college basketball fan, you know, you watch those guys from Duke, North Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky, etc. And you think, I think that guy's going to be a really good pro. I think that guy's going to – and it's really good just to follow the trajectory of where guys go. Um, I mean, there are some guys who I thought were going to be superstars, didn't pan out. And there are some guys who were drafted in the 20s, and I was like, that's a future superstar. And it pans out. So it's fun to see, you know, how you – you know, these guys' careers play out. And it's always interesting because, as we all know, there's no perfect model to determine a guy who's going to be a superstar. Some some things are just out of control of anyone in a front office. Absolutely. Who knows when you can make the 30th pick in the draft and the guy becomes in his second year one of the top 10 shooters in the league. But, hey, you know, I don't want to brag or anything. But let's do talk about a bit about the draft lottery because for the second straight season, I think we're getting a reminder to Michael that the Southwest Division – even if the Grizzlies aren't directly involved. Listen, the Grizzlies had a very competitive second-round series. They're on the up-and-up. The Mavericks are in the Western Conference Finals. They're on the up-and-up. But you now see that the three other members of the Southwestern Conference have landed in the top ten. The Rockets get the third pick. The Pelicans get the eighth pick. Damn them. Obvious reasons. And then the San Antonio Spurs get the ninth pick. But the point that I'm making is this. You got the Grizzlies, you got the Mavericks. You know that the Pelicans are on the up and up, especially if they've got Zion back. They showed they belong in the playoffs with how well they played against the Suns. You've got the Rockets who are putting together one of the best young cores in the league, and the Spurs keep on getting top picks in a you know good development system. We have seen over the past 15 years the Southwest Division be arguably the most competitive division in the NBA, and we're starting to line it up again where some of the best young cores in the league certainly could reside in the Grizzlies division. Yeah, and, and the Rockets, the Rockets are about to pile another, you know, a lottery pick on top of that young core. I mean, I, I really believe in and you know that Kevin Porter, Jalen Green combo they got over there, then Josh Christopher and and I mean the Grizzlies played them and, and we saw we saw a couple times just just from a talent perspective, those dudes can can play. That team's going to be fun to watch over the course of time. And you mentioned, you know, the Spurs. I mean, they got they got a guy named DeJounte Murray. As long as they keep him around, they're going to try to put the pieces around him, and things will, things will get better over there. And then, you know, the other teams, like the Pelicans. The Pelicans looked really well, uh, at the, played really well at the end of the season. C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram, uh, Jonas got a nice core going there. Then they're going to have to work Zion in there somewhere. That's going to be fun. Now you get – the eighth pick that, uh, Sean, it's, it's it's tough to even say it, Sean. You know, you, you, it's 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 tough to even say it. But that eighth pick that that a lot of us thought was going to be going to the Grizzlies, uh, going to the Pelicans. So it's it's a fun division, and the Grizzlies, you know, they have a couple picks to play with on their own in that same first round. Not as high as those lottery teams, but uh, they could be as active in the draft as anyone. And that's another thing that I think is going to be fun to see this year is that, you know, we'll, we'll obviously talk trade, you know, as we get closer to the draft, what the Grizzlies could do, all that different stuff. But, you know, hey, if there is one trade that involves a lottery pick this year, it'll be more than is involved a lottery pick over the past two years. And that's pretty surprising with what was considered to be one of the weakest 
top of the draft class in a while in 2020, but one of the strongest in 2021. So it's always interesting to see. And here's the big kicker that we have noticed to Michael. I'm not saying that he's going to pull any surprises off, any massive surprises on draft night. But when it comes to executive of the executive of the year, Zach Kleiman, your bestie. Basically, what I'm getting at is is that we always know he's ready and willing to make a move on draft night. So I'm not saying he's going to work himself into the lottery, but that's the other thing that I think is there this year that may not have been there the previous years. You could see some fun movement involving one of the teams from the Southwest Division. Yeah, it's it's a math thing. You know, the Grizzlies, for example, you have three picks, uh, you have three free agents. It's simple math. Uh, I don't, I'm sure you're not trying to replace three free agents with three draft picks. So... They're gonna, you know, they're gonna need to do some moving. You're probably gonna want to two-way someone. You're probably gonna want to, uh, you know, move some move some pieces around. And some of the roster guys under contract may not be, you know, uh, on the team as well. But at the end of the day, uh, it just makes the most sense because you get two first-round picks at the back round. Now, let's be clear: Grizzlies back at around first-round picks lately have turned into Desmond Bain and Brandon Clark. So um, it's kind of working out when they're picking in this 22 where they have their first first-round pick and 29 uh, range. Those, those have been very good draft positions uh, for the Grizzlies as of late. But um, that's, it's tough to keep hitting in that area. I mean, it's tough to hit top five consistently. Um, so I can only imagine 22 and 29. I wouldn't be surprised in the least, Sean, if, if – there's a guy out there that they're just enamored with. He's projected to go around 15, 16, 17. Um, you, you could package some picks or, I mean, there's so many ways they could go with this because this is draft talk, but you also can you get savvy with those draft picks and go get you a veteran out there. So uh, Zach Kleiman, you mentioned him, executive of the year. He has a lot of ways to play with this because the Grizzlies – not only that second round pick, it's forty. It's the forty seventh overall pick. I think that's still pretty enticing too. It's not the fifty eighth pick. It's not the sixtieth. As the forty seventh pick, that's an enticing pick too. So I think overall the Grizzlies have a lot of pieces that they can play with, and we'll see. Kinda, I think we'll get a really good idea of what Climate thinks of what he has and what he needs based on how he maneuvers those draft picks. One hundred percent agree, and we'll get into how the draft really could be the first true glimpse into what the Grizzlies offseason plans are um, in just a moment. Before we do, let's talk about Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens, you know, you want to talk about things that could benefit your day, and that's definitely Athletic Greens. The thing about it is this, is that when it comes to Athletic Greens, it's a great way for you to be able to enjoy everything when it comes to eating better and eating healthier. And the thing about it is this, is that it comes straight from the founder of Athletic Greens. It was cre he created it when he was experiencing a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost him nearly $100 a day. But if you use Athletic Greens, it costs you less than $3 a day. 
you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Again, that's, that is athleticgreens.com slash NBA network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Listen, if you want to get the latest when it comes to the NBA draft, check out NBA Big Board and the Locked On NBA podcast of your choice. So many different players. Listen, 26 teams right now have the future to talk about. We wish the Grizzlies weren't one of them, but they are. So if you want the latest of all the draft talk, Locked On NBA podcast, NBA Big Board, so many different opportunities for you to be able to listen to. Make sure you check out the Locked On NBA podcast of your choice after, after, you listen to DeMichael Cole steal my subject matters here on Locked on Grizzlies. All joking aside, though, one of the reasons why we are excited that the draft is finally here is because it truly gives us the first glimpse of what the Grizzlies offseason plans could be. DeMichael, the Grizzlies draft is, or the NBA draft is June 23rd. This is a normal offseason. Free agency is going to be on July 1st. You're going to see the finals likely end probably a week to 10 days before the draft. So you're not going to see a lot of activity during the finals. We know that the Grizzlies can be active during the draft, but that's the whole thing that makes this fun is that with, when the draft comes, that draft night or within the few first days before it, that could really give us the glimpse of what the Grizzlies might be positioning when it comes to their roster for the offseason. That, that's that's it, Sean, because, I mean, just to give the people an idea, what, what, what do we mean, you know, by this type of idea? Because it's not just with them based on the players that they draft. Like if they draft, you know, a backup point guard, oh, they're trying to say they're not going to sign ties. Or if they draft a center, oh, this is the eventual Steven Adams replacement. It's, it's not that simple. It's more about getting into the mind of Zach Kleiman and having an idea of what and who are the roster cornerstones on this team? So does that involve, you know, hey, they have two first-round picks, they have a second-round pick. Do you package two of those picks, maybe one of the first-round picks, and a second to go with one of those players who you deem expendable to either A, create cap space for free agency, or B, target someone or move up in the draft? There's so many ways to look at it because if you're moving up in the draft, I think you're saying, we believe this young core that we have is very solid enough to win a championship. We want to add another young piece on top of this to extend that window even longer. If you trade those picks for a veteran, you're obviously saying it's time to win. It's it's enough of these, you know, going to get these kids and having to develop them. It's time to win. And they also could split the difference. You get a young guy with one of the picks, and then you also, you know, package and, and you know, kind of what they've done in the past, you know, get some vets in between while also trying to, you know, keep the team youthful as well. So it's a lot of different ways. And it's going to be real revealing because that's going to tell us those things that I just mentioned. And I think right now we have a decent, you know, they have a decent idea. Kleiman basically said, you know, they're in win now mode. And the roster is so young, I, per, I, I don't see – why you would want to add three, you know, young guys, maybe two, but um, I think I, I get a feeling of that's what they're thinking, Sean, because if you're in win now mode, 
I, I haven't seen just historically speaking, when you talk about the draft, you don't see too many teams who are in win now mode at three uh, rookies. Absolutely. And this brings into mind a couple of perspectives and I want to get your thoughts on the Michael. First is this, is that say we had landed the Lakers pick, say that we had landed that and it was 12 or 13th in this draft. Now you've got three first round picks. I think, Obviously, that is a better position to be in, you know, trade asset value-wise than we're currently in. And I certainly agree with that. But I also think with that, you probably have a bit better idea of what direction the Grizzlies are going to go. They likely mm-hmm. are either going to package picks to go up into the top 10 and truly get a guy that they want like they did to get in a position to get Zaire last year. Or you see them use that pick along with other assets to go get a true upgrade for this roster. Now, I will say that since we don't have that, the likelihood of going to get a true upgrade for this roster, perhaps it's a bit less of a reality. But I'm also not saying that just because we didn't get that Lakers pick, that means we're going to run it back with basically the same roster next year. The overall point that I'm getting at is with how things worked out, I actually think you have a little bit less certainty about this, how this offseason is going to play out than if you'd had the Lakers pick. And that in itself is exciting. And I think it also means that there's a lot of different options out there that can make sense of the right situation for the Grizzlies. Yeah, yeah. And and I agree in a way because with that Lakers pick, I mean, you had a lot of ways to play with that too. If, if, If you get that, you talk late lottery pick, that pick, it stands alone by itself in terms of, acquiring a high high major talent any lottery pick just the word lottery pick attached to a player uh you're gonna get a high quality player late first round pick you still talking you know getting a really good solid player in return you know we've seen players like pj tucker you know get traded for late first round picks just to give you know the listeners an idea of just the value that's been shifted around usually when you think of late first round picks so you're looking solid players, but um, it's a big difference. It's definitely a big difference. But in the Grizzlies' favor, they don't have one late first-round pick. They have two. And uh, it's 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 a lot of different ways they can go with that. The Grizzlies also, you know, they have history, like I said earlier, of hitting on those picks as recently as, you know, Desmond Bain a couple years ago and Brandon Clark the year before that. So when you factor all of that in, uh, those picks have value and they create a little bit less uh, uncertainty there. But either way, I think this is going to be very revealing, Sean. Um, it's it's probably not going to be as revealing because if you have that lottery pick, now you're saying three first round picks. There's no way. There's absolutely no way. Not even just the Grizzlies, even rebuilding teams. I don't I don't see even rebuilding teams. Uh, trying to at least keep three picks. They may, if they do end up keeping three first round picks, it's because you could find a trade partner for, you know, a decent price. So we don't, we don't, you know, cause at the end of the day, if they keep the two first round picks and then they ship the second round pick out for, you know, a, a backup point guard or something, it, it, it doesn't reveal as much in terms of long-term. Whereas if they have that lottery pick, we, we get a real good idea of long-term standing. Absolutely. And the thing that I can tell you also is this, is that when it comes to the Grizz, yes, we could talk about potential trades. Yes, we could talk about potential moves that they could do with those picks that may put them from actually picking a player. But I also think there's a bit more value in having these picks than some may think 
We'll discuss that in just a moment. But if you want longer value, I'm going to tell you a great place to start, and that is Sakara. Filling your best starts with what you eat. Sakara helps you live a healthy, balanced lifestyle that you truly enjoy. With delicious, plant-rich, transform transformational nutrition that builds a foundation for living in your best body. Now is the time to seek wellness, joy, and abundance in all areas of life. Starting with what you eat with Sakara, you get nutrient-dense meals, snacks, and supplements that nourish your body without ever sacrificing taste or quality. Looking and feeling your best shouldn't mean deprivation. Instead, use joy and abundance. Sakara's organic, plant-rich, transformational nutritional programs are designed to help you cultivate body intelligence so you can nourish your body and experience the things you want. Sakara is a wellness company anchored as food, anchoring food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. Right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash locked on slash lock 20 locked on 20 or enter code locked on 20 at checkout that's sakara s-a-k-a-r-a.com slash locked on 20 to get 20 percent off your next order so order sakara.com slash locked on 20. michael i'm gonna tell you this sakara is a great way for you to be able to make your day better but i know bill bar is as well i enjoy it in breakfast you enjoy it for some reason in three o'clock in the morning to keep you awake so you can watch your favorite Netflix shows. But the thing I'm getting at is it doesn't matter when you enjoy it. The great thing about it is it, it adds a tasty and healthy nutritional snack to your daily diet. Sean, and you 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 like those those big old puffs and stuff. So I'm, I, just give me my white chocolate cookies and cream and I'm fine. I, I, don't, I don't have to eat all of that. And I just give me my white chocolates, cookies and cream. I don't need the coconut almond and the and just the coconuts. That's all I need is white chocolates, cookies and cream. Built Bar, it satisfies me every time. You want to write stuff, you start your day with a puff. Man, I should write these. The thing you need to do is go to built.com, put in the promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. Again, that's lot a lot. Built.com slash lock15 to get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. Woo! I'm going to get my thoughts, compose my feelings here. We're going to get back going with Locked On Grizzly. So, DeMichael, I know that we're going to have plenty of time to talk potential trades, and we're going to have plenty of time to talk, you know, speculate on who the draft picks can be, all that different stuff. But one thing that I also think matters in this situation is that every decision that the Grizzlies have to make, forgive my kung fu going on right now, decision the Grizzlies have to make this year impacts other decisions. And what I'm meaning by that is this. You've mentioned it. Going into next year, Jaron Jackson Jr. starts his extension. Yep. Potentially this summer, we're going to agree to owe a, a Memphis Grizzly potentially five years and over $200 million. Now, you do it happily because his name is John Moran. You've got potential free agency decisions in Tyus Jones and, you know, future free agency in Brandon Clark. The point that I'm getting at is the Grizzlies are going to have to start making decisions on paying this core. Who stays, who goes. But even more importantly is that as you start owing more money to a smaller part of your roster, you're going to have to find value from cheap sources. And to your point, that is something the Grizzlies have done with how well they've drafted later on in the draft. That is going to become an even more significant talent strength of this front office as we go further when our core gets started paying more. And that's why the Grizzlies, even if they make a trade, 
that's why it probably makes sense for them to at least try to hit on one young player in this draft. Yeah, that's a that's a great point because you have rosters that do it differently. Uh, some rosters, I mean, let's let's be frank here. Zach Kleiman, he he's been ringing the bell on these draft picks lately. He hasn't missed much. With that being the case, a lot of GMs the success rate haven't been as high. So when you have these successful rosters, what you're seeing now is a lot of GMs they say, "Oh, forget those picks." And what they do is they trust that the veteran players and and you know just the team attractiveness ends up bringing in you know veteran guys on minimum contracts. Think think guys who play with LeBron James. Think of the Warriors as of late. Uh, you know, uh, well, not the last couple years with the Warriors while they were losing, but before that, uh, when they were winning those five consecutive Western Conference championships, and they were just adding, you know, a little piece here, a little piece there, veterans here. The Grizzlies are in a unique position. These guys are young, and I believe they have, is it eight first-round picks over over the next few years? So they're in a, they're in a, they're in a really good position just over the course of the future to really add young talent, not cheap veteran minimum guys who, you know, um, are going to spot up and be available for 45 games. You have to go, you have a chance to get these guys who are going to be young and hungry and actually will probably fit better into the culture of this team. Just watching the Grizzlies up close. I mean, I could be wrong, Sean, but it's, it's kind of, I think it was a good thing that, they didn't have a 35-year-old guy in his locker room because they're just – I don't know if he would have mixed with this group. I mean, it would have worked, but the way this young group kind of like – the things they like to do, the, the you know, the music that they listen to, um, it all gives – it's a younger vibe in that locker room. And I think Zach Kleiman probably looks at it that way too. And that's why, you know, adding these young guys on and you see – Think of a guy like Jared Culver who just came in and, I mean, they look at him as one of their brothers now, you know, and, and it's because he was one of those young guys that just slowly brought into the to the group. But, uh, yeah, Sean, it's, that's a great point. But the Grizzlies are armed over the course of time with those picks, and they'd be very wise to hit on some of those. Now, the downside of that is you hit on some of those, you ain't going to be able to keep them. If if they if they turn out to be you know what you would want them to be, being that John ja Morant's contract, Jaron Jackson's contract, and there's another guy who's gonna come right behind him, Desmond Bain, it's gonna get a nice boatload of money too, Sean. So it's, it's the checkbook's gonna fill up in Memphis. It's gonna get to the point where you're gonna want to hit on the margins, but the Grizzlies are in a good position to do so. And the other thing that stands out about this, and this is why I'm such a fan of Zach Kleiman, especially being in a small market. In a small market, it becomes even more critical that your front office treats any asset from all perspectives. And we talk about these late draft picks, the Grizzlies hitting on these draft picks, as one from one perspective, as smaller a smaller part of the roster becomes more expensive, you're going to want to get good value from cheap sources. But the other point that I'm mentioning is making an asset more than it is in time. For instance, in 2020, when we got that 30th pick, that 30th pick was itself. It had that value. It was the 30th pick in what was considered to be a weak draft. 
we've turned that 30th pick into one of the best young shooters in the NBA. That is extremely high value compared to just the pick itself. So the point yeah. that I'm getting at is, is that right now, right now, if there's an all-in type move for the Grizzlies to make, maybe it makes sense, but perhaps it doesn't. But say the Grizzlies hit on one of these late picks this year, a year or two from now, they do find the right move that's all in, and they've picked a player that is much more valuable than the pick that he was picked at this year. The point that I'm getting at is, is that if the Grizzlies hit on these late picks, sure, it could help out the roster in the future, but it could also continue to strengthen their cupboard of trade assets to truly make that all-in move in time. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it, they're in a great position, and, and they haven't missed lately. I mean, we, we, we talked about that as well. Uh, 22nd pick. I think that's around the time Brandon Clark was picked. When he was picked, the 29th pick, we mentioned Desmond Bain, when 30th. Uh, history is there. But that's an extremely, you know, you talk about topping the charts with those picks. That's an extremely high bar to put on climbing and, and anyone. I mean, uh, Grizzlies fans, you'll remember they drafted P.J. Hairston in that, in that early 20s range. And I remember, because I was in school, I think I was in about the 10th or 11th grade when this happened. And I, all I remember is, oh, they got the shooter from North Carolina. Oh, they got the shooter. And, Sean, it, it, it just didn't work out. It, it, it didn't work out. So it's, it's, it's sometimes, you know, it, it looks good on paper. And, and it, it turns out, whereas, you know, with Desmond Bain, you know, people knew he was a shooter, but I don't think they knew, you know, it, it would happen this fast. And, and Brandon Clark, I think, you know, that was viewed as a steal at that time. And that's kind of held, held up as well. So it's a tricky spot to be in. But here's what I think, Sean. I think the Grizzlies' success in those spots will kind of impact, you know, opportunities that they're presented as well. Um, I could see, you know, potential, you know, um, rivals and things like that moving up, kind of trying to take 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 that out of their hands in a way, because um, climate has hit on them lately. It's and, and, and plain and simple. If the Grizzlies are hitting on those picks and recent history says they are, and you're talking about adding two more, odds are one of those picks is going to be, you know, a good player. And with as deep as this team is right now, starting lineup is pretty set, much set in stone. Uh, you, you know, they're going to figure out the backup point guard situation, but you have a lot of the wings. Uh, you have Brandon Clark as a backup big. The roster is pretty strong. Absolutely. And the thing is this, is at the end of the day, you're not looking for this player that you picked to probably come in and make an immediate impact. That's what Brandon Clark, that's what Jaw, that's yep. what Desmond Bain, you know, Zaire Williams next year have done. You're simply looking for probably what can give you the best long-term value moving forward. But speaking of long-term value, that's why you listen to Locked on Grizzlies, because we're going to have plenty of draft coverage for you over the next month. Draft profiles, who they should, who they should not. Yes, they should draft Kennedy Chandler. If you don't agree with that, well then, hey, you're not going to have fun listening to this show with how much talk about Kennedy Chandler. I'm kidding. Listen to the show. We always love feedback. And hey, just you listening to the show. Thanks so much for listening here at Locked on Grizzlies. This will be a continuing thing. Draft Thoughts Thursday, looking at all different perspectives for the Grizzlies draft when it comes to the 2022 draft. For DeMichael Cole, DeMichael, you got anything else for us? I know that it's the offseason. There's so many things that you could write about and bring to light when it comes to the Grizzlies. 
so many things, right? There's yeah. only so many times you can talk about Zaire Williams, Sean. So, so, but for for your sake, you know, Sean gave me a hard time about doing the Zaire Williams episode without him. You know, I can see Sean just getting all these fancy numbers together in his head and say, hey, DeMichael, you ready to do the Zaire Williams episode? I'm like, ah, I already took care of it. So uh, we'll revisit it later in the summer. And and just for Sean, when it gets closer to summer league, so so be on the lookout for that in about a month or so. But outside of that, it's going to be a fun summer. It's going to be a fun summer. Personally, I'm going to come up with some really cool ideas, some some really good story angles as well. And we're, we're going we're gonna to have some fun. And I guess you're just going to save them for the shows you do by yourself to actually talk about. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. All joking aside, listen, all day long, you come here for the Great Grizzlies coverage. You come here for the stats. You come here for the wonderful, wonderful correspondence between me and DeMichael, but you leave remembering the banter. That's what makes Lockdown Grizzlies so special. For DeMichael Cole, you can find him at DeMichael C on Twitter. My name's Sean Cohen. Find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. The show at Lockdown Grizz right here on YouTube as well. Hit that subscribe button below. For DeMichael, my name's Sean. We'll talk to you again soon here. Hey, one other thing about tomorrow's show that we're going to get to talk about. They announced the all-rookie NBA teams last night. We're going to get into some award naming that may have one or two Grizzlies there to talk about. That and much more on tomorrow's episode. Until then, have a great day.